This episode of Dream Team Fantasy is brought to you by Thunder Drain. If you live in the greater Rochester area and are in need of a plumber, text or call Thunder Drain. It's Welcome to another episode of Dream Team Fantasy. Alongside Tyler Syracuse, I'm Nick Morrow. What is up, bud? What up, man? Can't believe it's uh, week 10, coming off a predictable week 9. Russell Wilson smash spot. Him and Lockett went off. Uh, McCaffrey went crazy again. As always. Zach Ertz finally had a blow-up game, so it was good to see you. Yeah, it was good until Monday night. Until Monday freaking night. Oh, yeah. And Danny Dimes <laughs> and that black cat just ruined it for me. Sitting first place, last drive on DK, sitting up top, tied for first. There was like 10 or 12 people tied at first, so I was sitting up there. I think I'm taking home like three grand. And uh, drops back and strip sack. They don't even review it, nothing. I'm throwing my phone, texting Tyler, yelling. Cost me, I went from, I don't know, first to 300th and something and ended up winning like 400 bucks. <laughs> it was brutal. Couldn't sleep. Yeah. It was, I woke up. I was like, is this a fucking nightmare? So I've definitely been there. We, I know we talked about the, the week one, the Mahomes no look cost me probably 70 K cause I came in third and if he gets a touchdown, I'm in first, but it definitely happens. It's, it's hard to get over. You're definitely going to have some nightmares, but uh, it's on. It haunts week. you. It's like, it's all I've been thinking about. So now, like, I'm ready to go tomorrow night. It'll be tonight when this podcast uh, comes out, Thursday night. So just ready to get back to week 10. Forget about week 9, um, and we'll get to it. Um, special guest for our core four today, we got Ian from Roto World. What's up, Ian? What's up, dudes? Uh, yeah, f- funniest part about that whole Daniel Jones fumble was it looked like the ref freaking picked up the flag. He mid-play. did throw the I flag. And you know what I was I thinking? I've never seen anything like that before. And you know what I was thinking, too, was I didn't know if he meant to reach in his pocket and throw that, like, blue flag or whatever that they throw for, like, a change of possession or That's to, like, mark it. Because, trust me, I was, like, livid. I was like, what's the flag? Why aren't they reviewing <laughs> this play? And I was running all these scenarios in my head, like, all right, I'm just giving him the benefit of the doubt that he meant to throw that, like, blue chip or flag or whatever the thing is that, like, marks the change of possession kind of thing. But, oh, dude, I was sitting up top. That last drive, I mean, all I needed, I was, like, 12th place going on that last drive, and I had Danny Dimes, and actually, I'm not even calling him that anymore. He doesn't even no, deserve no, a nickname no more. He's just garbage. Him and Mitch Trubisky are just absolute garbage. And I lost one of my uh, matchups on that last Golden Tate catch, so there was a lot of sick beats at the end of that game. <laughs> oh, my God, it was bad. All right, so, Ian, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, um, how you got started and where you are now. Yeah, man, so I'm, uh, I'm over at Roto World right now, just uh, full-time NFL, all things NFL, and uh yeah, man, I've been grinding the uh, DFS and fantasy game for about the last six, seven years or so, pretty much. Uh, used to play ball myself. I wasn't anything special, but played a D, some D3 linebacker. And once my career was over, wanted to keep up with football, pretty much uh, emailed every writer I could uh, find an email address for. Nice. Uh, volunteer, volunteer in my free services to help look up stats and 
all that kind of stuff. Luckily, uh, a d- dear friend and guy, a bunch of my success too, Jonathan Bales, was kind enough taking up my offer. Uh, worked with Fantasy Labs and Action Network down the road after I kind of proved my worth to him, and here we are now. So just been uh, grinding as hard as possible because cannot believe that you know they allow some of us in the world to uh, make a full time living uh, just studying football. So it's uh, it's a good position to be in, and I you know plan to c- continue working very hard. That's awesome, man. How you been doing this year? It's been a good year, man. It was a good, uh, I've had a good last two weeks, which I guess was predictable because like week seven was one of the weirdest weeks I think we've seen all season. So it's good to see the process, uh, uh, come back a little bit in the, in the view. Yeah. This this week seems, uh, a little tough. Look, you know, I glanced over the slate a little bit, but, um, I'm excited to get your core four. Um, Roto world is definitely a name in the industry that people know when they, uh, when they're following uh, people on Twitter and signing up for um, DFS information online. So um, let's get to it. What's uh, your core for? What site are we going to go on? Yeah, man, I'm uh, almost always DraftKings. We'll start okay. at court- quarterback. Uh, so, you know, with a little bit less worry in GPPs about uh, ownership with the quarterback position, just tends to be pretty flat. You usually don't see guys like approaching anything near 20%. So while I do expect them to be somewhat chalky, I'm still going to be rolling up a bunch of Kyler Murray and GPPs this week. I mean, the Buccaneers have been the only defense worse than the Cardinals in fantasy points per game. Allowed the quarterbacks. I mean, they've been a huge pass funnel all season. First in DVOA against the run, 26 against the pass. And Kyler, I mean, he hasn't really lit the league on fire like a lot of people thought he might, but the guy's still the QB7 overall, QB9 in fantasy points per game. And, you know, he's been playing his best football lately, too. So we could even see him, I think, flirt with some top five production in certain spots throughout the rest of the season. And, you know, the the thing with him, like the pass volume has been a bit up and down, uh, you know, with them kind of struggling to find a different um, – receiver opposite of Christian Kirk to kind of uh, put punish defenses uh, deep downfield. But the big thing with Kyler has just been his rushing ability, which we didn't see for the first few weeks of the season, but he's really come on strong lately. His 34 rushing yards per game shows only Lamar Jackson. And really it's been a tough season in general to find quarterbacks with a rushing floor. I mean, only, only Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen and Gardner Minshew are the uh, only other quarterbacks, even over 25 rushing yards per game. So I feel good about the rushing floor uh, staying in this matchup because again, only Kyler, Kyler and Lamar have over a hundred rushing yards a season on design runs. So it's not like Kyler's getting these yards, just kind of running around with his head cut off, cut off like we see Josh Allen do sometimes. So uh, again, awesome matchup rushing floor, a guy that's been pretty good. Sign me up. I, I, I love it. Love the call. Um, I, I, I think he's a phenomenal quarterback. I think he's going to be a next Russell Wilson type with, you know, a better running ability he just has no weapons. He's got no one to throw to. Um, you know, Christian Kirk can't stay healthy. Larry Fitzgerald, he's whatever. He's just doing some checkdowns, and he's not really a deep threat whatsoever. But he has no weapons. And I love the call, though. Uh, with his rushing ability and against that Bucks defense, I know uh, Tyler's not too thrilled about it, though. No, I'm just. I, I've been <laughs> he loves Kyler Murray. I've been pretty much off Kyler all year just because a lot of the other analysts in the industry are so high on him. So I, I like to take the different approach there uh i gotta ask ian though who would you most likely uh pair kyler up with this week would it be christian kirk or old man fitz yeah it'd, it'd still be kirk it's, it's just been so tough to get behind fitz i don't think he's even cleared 70 receiving yards in the game since week two the interesting thing was uh you know the cardinals were using this four wide receiver base offense early on in the year but saw a shift last week where they actually have max williams uh their tight end playing a 70 percent snap rate and uh Keyshawn johnson their number um 
I'm sorry, the number four receiver is pretty much out of the picture. So Christian Kirk no longer in the slot, but honestly, like you can even look at his phone from his rookie year. Like Christian Kirk is more than just a slot receiver. So if anything, I think we're going to see his target share be a little bit more fantasy friendly moving forward. Cause a lot of his targets so far have just been those, you know, quick screens at the line of scrimmage where he racks up 10 targets a game, but you know, the air yards are just pretty pitiful. So I think uh, the best is still a come for Christian Kirk. I agree. He's he's a deep threat. Um, we just haven't seen it. He just hasn't been able to get on the field and kind of get in a rhythm with Kyler. Um, all right, so who's uh, who's the next one? Yeah, man, I love Devin Singletary this week. Uh, only 5K somehow. I don't know how this happened. And look, he, his snap rate's been kind of weird. He uh, Bill's a third-round rookie. He came in the season playing 60% snaps in week one. He did it in week eight as well, but... Both those games featured the Bills trailing for a pretty large portion. So it seemed like Frank Gore was pretty much established as the early down back and uh, Singletary was in as the pass down back because TJ Yeldon has been a healthy scratch every week that Singletary has been active. Well, that changed last week. I mean, he had 20 carries and they were kind of beat down of the Redskins, also got four targets. Frank Gore was pretty inefficient, only had 11 carries. So true workhorse role for Singletary in week nine and he did really well with it the guy's been balling out all season 6.7 yards per rush and it's not like he's just getting it uh you know based on the bills offensive line which has been awesome at run blocking because he's tied with dalvin cook for the pff's 12th best elusive rating among 52 qualified running backs he's not this guy that's going to hit the hole and you know run away from everybody doesn't really have great top end speed but singletary really does everything else very well and he's just a really well-rounded back even if they kind of reverse course and he's not going to be this guy. that's going to flirt with 15, 20 touches every single week. He had four targets last week. He had six targets the week before. So again, I only five K like he's not going to sink your lineup. If he has a little bit less of a role than we're expecting. And he's kind of got that fancy friendly pass game floor and to top it all off. He's facing a Browns uh, defensive line that ranks 26th and uh, just Wagner's allowed per rush this season. So awesome matchup got the opportunity for 20 plus touches, which is pretty rare to see for any running back in the low five K range. And it truly a good player. Yeah. Love it. I mean, you can't really go wrong getting a starting running back at five K who's going to get, like you said, 20 plus touches. So that's a great call. And I like the call there and we're actually from Rochester, New York. So there's a lot of Singletary fans around here. I guess my only concern would, would be that uh, Frank Gore almost will, will probably get the goal line carries. I know last week he got stuffed at the one, three consecutive times and then Josh <laughs> Allen did a QB sneak and got in. Um, but Singletary actually had a two yard touchdown later on. So I wonder if the, the coaching staff kind of is going to change their approach there. So, so that'll be something to, to look out for. I think, yeah, so the, yeah, I'll just say real quick. The thing, to keep, the thing to keep in mind with, uh, you know, quote unquote vultures is they don't really exist on like a drive to drive basis as much as we think they do. Like, sure, if, if the Bills get to the one yard line and their opponent calls a timeout, it's probably going to be Frank Gore that comes back out on the field to get that rush attempt. But you just don't see hardly any running backs these days. Like if, the off, if Singletary, you know, gets them down to inside the five yard line and they're rolling, like they're not just going to pull them out and kind of stall the whole offense. So yeah, Gore is probably their de facto early, early de facto um, short yards back more times than not. But like you said, Singletary will get his chances as well. Absolutely. All right. Number three. Odell Beckham Jr. I'm going oh, back to the yeah. well guys. Look, he is he has not been this cheap on DraftKings. He's sixty one hundred dollars right now. He has not oh been this God. cheap since that since crazy. 20, yeah, since twenty fourteen. I mean, the issue has been volume. It's not talent. If you watch his last two games, you saw him beat Chris Harris and Stefan Gilmore, two of the top five cornerbacks in the league. I mean, plenty of times. It's, the issue is just volume. He has eight point three 
targets per game this season. That's his fewest of his career. He had at least 10 targets per game in every single season with the Giants. I mean, he already has four games a season with fewer than eight targets, and he's never even had that many in a single season. Here we are on week 10. So, you know, plenty of things to be upset about, but Odell Beckham Jr.'s like actual ability to ball out on the football field really hasn't been one of them. He's still making the contested catches. You know, he had that one nice snag over Chris Harris last week where then you got to see his kind of open field elusiveness. He looks healthy. He looks good. It's just the volume. And if there's one time for the Browns just to kind of make an offensive shift, it should just be throwing their freaking number one wide receiver, feeding him the ball, trying to get him a squeaky wheel. And look, I understand this is not a squeaky wheel spot. Tredavious White is a freaking stud. Should be anyone's idea of a top 10 cornerback. But with that said, man, like it's not going to be a complete shadow situation because we do see Beckham play, you know, uh, between 7 and 18 snaps in the slot uh, throughout this season. White has played just 4% of his snaps in the slot. Um, I do expect him to shadow Beckham. He wasn't doing it weeks one through eight, but last season he broke, I mean, not, I'm sorry, last week he broke that tendency against Terry McLaurin. Would make sense for him to do that again uh, against OBJ. So not an easy matchup, but again, I'm, I'm going with OBJ because he's way too cheap to be this talented. Yeah, his his ceiling is high, and I think I just I don't know Baker just doesn't trust him or something. I don't know what it is. He doesn't throw him the ball, so I I don't, I don't know I don't know why he doesn't look his way when he should. But I mean, he's open even when he's not open. You should still be trying to feed him the ball. He's your best player. And that so. is a really enticing price tag at just sixty one hundred. That's ridiculous. Coming into the year, I thought Odell Beckham was going to be a top three wide receiver. He's one of my highest owned players in best ball. So I hope he definitely gets going. I know he's had a ton of tough matchups. Um, for, for those of you that don't follow Ian on Twitter, he's a really good follow because he breaks down <clears throat> a lot of the wide receiver corner matchups. And um, that's something that he'd highlight in, in, in there is the, the PFF grades and the, uh, elusiveness and, and things like that so he's a great follow on twitter and uh he puts out a good article there so i, I like the call on odell beckham do you like yeah. the uh bills brown stack with this i mean going with singletary and obj is that a game you like this week uh i wouldn't like be lining up to get many more players other than those two guys maybe a little bit of smoky brown but um mostly just those two i think beckham the thing too like he's probably going to carry pretty low ownership and you know especially in gpps I'm, I'm more willing to eat the chalk a little bit with quarterback and at running back where you can kind of guarantee the volume a little bit better than a wide receiver. But if we learned anything at the wide receiver position this year, it's just kind of, you know, when you see a guy that's going to be 20% plus owned, you're probably better off just fading them a lot of the larger scale uh, tournaments. So, I mean, right now I'm just you know, looking at fantasy last projection ownership uh, projections and OBJ is coming in at two to 4%. So anytime a player that good is that cheap and that's he's good. going on under the radar, scoop them up. That's crazy. I like it. Yeah. All right. Number four. Mr. Mike Jasicki, who I believe <laughs> is now the Dolphins' number two pass game option. I mean, look, Preston Williams out for the season with the ACL injury, which is a shame. You know, rookie was having, um, you know, really coming on the last few weeks uh, in this Dolphins offense that quietly hasn't been as awful as we're used to seeing with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick under center. But Jasicki, you know, he put together the good game last week where he got over 90 yards, but it's really been the last four weeks that he's kind of come on strong. Uh, he has 20 targets since their week five bye. Devontae Parker has been at 28. Preston was at 30. So that's kind of been their big three um, over these last four weeks. And just, you know, they have Alan Hearns, Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant. I kind of see those three guys more or less kind of eating into each other's snaps and targets more so than one of them really pulling away. Maybe Albert Wilson does. I mean, I know he was awesome 
last season. I think he's got the most talent of the group, but they just really haven't been using him. And even once Williams went down last week, Hearns was the guy that kind of saw his snaps increase. So I don't have a good feel for those guys. But Jasicki, I mean, look, he's a tight end, but he's really a wide receiver. He's played 76% of his snaps this season in the slot or out wide. So, yeah, I mean, we're labeling him as a tight end, but if you watch the guy play, if you, if you see where he lines up, the guy's more or less a wide receiver. And he's got a good matchup this week against an Indianapolis defense that up the middle, I mean, they got Malik Hooker, who's a baller, and he's kind of their free safety that can go sideline to sideline. But otherwise, they've been pretty weak at defending uh, tight ends and just kind of passes in that short underneath area of the field. So I think it's a good scheme matchup where just could potentially get peppered with targets. If the defense is really focusing on Devonte Parker. And I truly do think like, you know, this guy is a very talented uh, receiving option at a pretty barren tight end position. Love it. Love the GPP calls there. So the core four Murray at quarterback, Singletary at running back, OBJ at wide receiver and Jacecki at tight end. <laughs> I love it. I haven't even thought of the guy all season and I'm you know, you mention him, I pull up his numbers and they're not awful. I mean, it, last week he 6 for 6 on targets and catches, 95 yards. I mean, I'll take it. I would take that for a cheap tight end fill in the GPP all day. And we had Jared Smola from Jeff Sharks on last week, and he was the one that had Zach Ertz as his core four tight end. So we'll see if we can make it two weeks in a row with our guests coming on and, and touting a, a, the top tight end play. Absolutely love it. Love it, love it, love it. All right, Ian, tell our followers and listeners where they can find your work. Yeah, check me out on Twitter, at iHeartitz, I-H-A-R-T-I-T-Z. Do not forget the Z, otherwise it gets weird. And I'm at Roto World. I got uh, I come out with the injury dashboard every week, looking at that wide receiver cornerback breakdown with some tight end analysis. I break down all 32 backfields as well on Tuesdays. And finally, on Thursday, I publish my favorite piece called the Mismatch Manifesto, where I look at pressure, pace, uh, explosive plays, and kind of some more team-wide trends. So, Ian, how long does that take you? It seems like that's a, a ton of work that you put into that. It's a, it's a grind from a Sunday morning to Thursday afternoon. But, you know, uh, like I was kind of saying when the show started, it's just football, guys. It's not, it's not too hard of work. So. <laughs> it's got to take forever. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. Follow this guy. His stuff is phenomenal. Uh, Ian, appreciate it, man. Hope we can have you on the show again. Thank you for your time, and uh, good luck this week. For sure, dude. Thanks for having me. Best of luck to you guys as well. Thanks, Ian. Keep up the good work. Take it easy. Later. Right, see so that was Ian from Roto World. Great picks. Great information, and uh, love it. Absolutely love it. Murray, Singletary, OBJ, and Jacecki. I mean, those are just four GPP plays that, you know, I – they could win tournaments for you if those guys produce. It's funny he mentioned Kyler and um, <laughs> and uh, Singletary because I was thinking of I was going to fade both of them. Really, I'm I'm still up in the air on Singletary, but I'm definitely going to fade Kyler. I just like the rushing ability that Kyler, you know, can produce, and I don't know, he's good. He just has no one to throw to, in my opinion. I think he's yeah, a really I mean, good we'll quarterback. get into quarterbacks, and he's got a decent price on FanDuel. It's just. He's going to be high-owned, and, and there's other quarterbacks who I like better, so we'll, we'll get into it. All right, so quick update on the Dream Team Fantasy League. First place, baby. Unbelievable. What it do, baby. Unbelievable. <laughs> I dropped down to six. I got an absolute ass-whooping last week. My team was ghost. I don't know where the hell they went, but I got absolutely crushed. Um, and it looks, yeah, and Tyler crushed his, his opponent, too. Put up 150, so... Tyler sits up front, first place. Uh, I'm sitting at the uh, fringe of making the playoffs here in six, so it's going to be a tight stretch. Um, 
Hopefully Le'Veon Bell can stay healthy for me because I just traded for him, so I need him. Um, a congratulations is in order to you, my friend, for uh, closing on your house. I appreciate that. Buying your house, closing in what, month? Yeah, we should be closing uh, mid-December in Greece off of Lada. So, yeah, it's a, it's a nice house, but we're going to be poor now, so might have to uh, bank a GPP or something there to help go. pay for the mortgage. <laughs> yeah, let's have like a house party, you know? Let's give your address on the on the pod. We'll have a house party, five-buck cover. Yeah. <laughs> we'll make up some money for get a, you. Get a keg and some... Uh... Yeah, absolutely. Like old time. You got a backyard and everything? Oh, yeah. Nice. All right. Just hide the cats because I'm not a fan of cats anymore, so... Yeah, I got three cats, so... Yeah, yeah. no more cats for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into uh, DFS. Week 10, um, we're going to do FanDuel. Remember that Ian's picks were from DraftKings. Uh, he likes the DraftKings, so it doesn't mean you can't use the guys on FanDuel, but check the pricing and... Pricing is different on it both is weird. sites. Pretty much all across the industry, most people that do podcasts and and do articles um, talk about DraftKings. You know what I, I all year I didn't really get into DraftKings. I've always been like a FanDuel. I just like their setup for uploading the lineups and kind yeah, of FanDuel is a lot easier. Yeah, and like editing and seeing if you got multi, you know, duplicate lineups and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, DraftKings is a little not as user friendly, but I. I've been having better luck on DraftKings. I think it's the PPR, you know, the full point for the reception benefits me because I like I like to do data research on targets yeah, and, it's all about and the things volume. like that. Yeah, yep. so I'm going to start leaning a little bit, a little bit more towards DraftKings, but um, we'll go through the FanDuel lineup this week. Uh, we'll start at quarterback. Let me pull it up here. Hold on. All right, up top we got Lamar Jackson. Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers, Winston, Stafford, and rounding up Murray. I don't know. I wanted to ask Ian this. I should have, but I don't know how high owned he's going to be. I think Brees is going to be the chalk, but I'm really liking Lamar Jackson. I know his price tag's high, but his rushing ability and against that Cincinnati defense, they I give think, up. I think Jackson will be the chalk. You think so? Yeah, especially coming off last week and then the last time they played uh, the Bengals, he had like over 150 rushing yards, and everyone saw them beat the Patriots on Sunday Night Football, Yeah, and he's barely priced above Mahomes and Breeze. So. I was just hoping that maybe you know people would see, oh, okay, I can save 300 bucks at Breeze at home going against an off Atlanta defense. Let me plug him in. But I think Jackson just has more upside because yeah, for sure. Cincinnati's rush defense, let alone stopping a rushing quarterback, have been awful all season. Um, I think last time they played, he had like over 100 yards and a touchdown rushing. So, uh, yeah, 152 rushing yards and a touchdown last time they played. So, I, I don't see them. I, I mean, he could do that again easily. And I really like Jackson. Who's your plays this week at quarterback? Yeah, for me, it's really just going to be – three quarterbacks where I play a lot of. It's going to be Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and Jameis Winston are going to be my top three. And then I think I'm going to sprinkle in some Aaron Rodgers. So I, th- I think those are going to be my four quarterbacks this week. Um, like we said, Lamar Jackson just has the highest floor. He might also have the highest ceiling be- besides Patrick Mahomes just because he runs so much. The Bengals linebackers just can't keep up with the guy. They figure to dominate in time of possession going up against a rookie quarterback, Ryan Finley. So Lamar Jackson's almost a lock for 20-plus points, so he'll definitely be the chalk like Russell Wilson was last week. But chances are he's probably going to smash the price tag, and you kind of just 
take them and move on. Um, no, I am interested. No interest in Breeze? Um, I just, I don't know. I just think, uh, I think Jackson and Mahomes are pretty easily going to outscore them. So I'm, I'm probably going to fade Drew Breeze. I just think, once again, coming off an injury, I mean, in a serious injury with the knee for Mahomes, how much running means you're really going to do? You know, I mean, Tennessee's defense is not bad. It's just that one, it's that defense that just won't go away. It's that bee that like buzzes around your ear and so fucking annoying and they just won't go away. And they'll, I think if Mahomes isn't 100% and he's not able to, you know, do his scrambling out of the pocket and run for, you know, a first down here and there, I think Tennessee can have a, a decent time and we'll be able to contain him a little bit. And for a hundred dollars less, you get drew Brees in the dome at home against the worst pass defense in the league, pretty much with a healthy lineup. I mean, I would take Patrick Mahomes and give you two points. You would take Patrick Mahomes <laughs> and give me two points. I'm, right. I'm just confident in Mahomes. He's got awesome weapons around him. Tyree kill has been unbelievable. Um, Andy Reid's a great coach who's going to scheme his players open. They run a ton of different screen options to Damian Williams, Sammy Watkins. All these guys can run after the catch. The Panthers just got this Titans defense for 30 points. The Titans offense isn't good, so chances are the Chiefs should be able to get uh, at least an adequate amount of time of possession. You, you, only the games where Mahomes has struggled, it's where they had like 20 minutes time of possession compared to 40. I don't think it's going to happen in that game. They're going to sell out to stop Derrick Henry, force Tannehill to beat him. And I, I can definitely see Mahomes having a big game coming off the injury. Okay. Um, and you like Winston at home against Arizona, like that call. Rodgers at home against Carolina. Um, Ian liked Kyler Murray here uh, on the road against Tampa. So, I mean, the Tampa-Arizona game should be a nice little shootout. Um, a good game to target. Any interest down here, a little farther at 7,100 at Brian Hoyer at home against Miami. So, Jacoby Brissett practiced, lim practiced limited today with the MCL sprain. I would think that they'll hold him out this week. Um I just really think the Colts are going to go extremely run-heavy with Marlon Mack and that offensive line. They should just be able to do whatever they want against the Miami uh, defensive line. I do think Hoyer could potentially throw three or four touchdowns. So from that standpoint, he, he could be an option, but he would really need to get a lot of touchdowns because the yardage totals, I don't think, hold. chances are he's not going to throw for like more than you know, 200, 225 yards. Yeah, no T.Y. Hilton. There's not going to be any deep bombs down the middle or anything like that. I mean, yeah. he's going to be a dunk off short pass uh, slant across the middle type game. So, all right. Yeah. Cause Frank Reich knows what he's doing. He's going to coach him. He's not going to put him in a bad situation. So just seemed really cheap at home. I was thinking the same thing. He could, he could throw three touchdowns easily against Miami. So yeah, he could get 20. He's just not going to get you 30. Right. Okay. Um, on to running backs up top, of course, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Barkley, Kamara, Ingram, Chubb, Jones, Mack, Gurley. I mean, we don't really need to talk much about McCaffrey. Get him in your lineup if you can. I mean, his price tag is insane. 10-5 on FanDuel. I don't know what it is on DraftKings, but it's 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 expensive. It's really high. It's almost two grand more than the next person in Barkley. But I did want to talk about Chubb down here at 7,900. Buffalo's run defense has been bad, and I like Chubb, but I'm worried about Kareem Hunt. Do you have any concerns with Hunt coming back this week? 
So the coach came out and said that Kareem Hunt is definitely going to have a role. He hasn't mentioned what that role will be, but it's a safe assumption that he'll um, play the the role that the other running back, I forgot his name, was getting there. He was playing about 40% of the snaps. So Nick Chubb will almost for sure stick around the 60% snap range. It's just he's going to be yielding some of the snaps to Kareem Hunt. I, I do like the matchup going up against the Bills, and I think that's a game where the Browns are going to come out and run the ball, and I, I think they're going to play well. I mean, I said that last week, and they lost to Baby Hand Boy. <laughs> so that was a, a big disappointment because that was a must-win for them. But this is their last chance. I mean, they got to get rolling. They're home against the Bills. They're favored by a field goal. They I, have to win that game. I'm standing my ground. They are not going to be good until Kitchens is gone. He's the worst coach, I think, in the NFL bottom. I mean, he was a great play caller last year, but it must be too much on his plate in order to call the offensive plays and be a head coach. Um, Hilliard was a running back. That yeah, was, Dontrell Hilliard. Yeah, so last three games he's had three, four, and two in targets. Um, but he was kind of playing the playing the pass-catching role in the yeah. hurry-up offense, so, yeah. so that was taken away from Chubb's receiving role. So, yeah, yeah we'll see with Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I might might do some Chubb and FanDuel just because the PPR points, it's only half-point PPR. Um, but and I think he'll come in on their own because people are going to be afraid of Kareem Hunt too. So And everyone and their mom knows that Kareem Hunt's coming back this week. So, <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to be low-owned, which is another reason I kind of like him. Um, another running back I like is Mark Ingram. I, that running, I, I think – Baltimore's just going to run away with this game, and they're just going to absolutely run it down Cincinnati's throat. Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram stack is going to be what I'm going to try and squeeze into my lineup. Interest in Ingram this week? It's just that price tag that, I, that I'm not a fan it's of. High. It's high. It is high. And he splits snaps with essentially Lamar Jackson, Justice Hill, and Gus the Bus. So I can't decide what I want to do with Ingram. I know he's on a bunch of my season-long teams, so I hope he does somewhat well, but I'm probably going to fade him on FanDuel just because his, his price is so high. I mean, I'd rather pay $300 more for Alvin Kamara, assuming that he's healthy this week with a dream matchup against the Falcons. We already mentioned Nick Chubb just below him. Aaron Jones, I mean... <sighs> I I don't know. He was in my best lineup on DraftKings last week. Matt LaFleur needs to realize that the offense almost needs to go through Aaron Jones at this point. The three, yeah. the two games that he's pretty much done nothing is the two games that Green Bay has lost. Um, and when, he's been splitting a ton of snaps with Jamal Williams. Too many snaps. Too many snaps. It was 59 to 41% yeah. this last I mean, week. the guy is just too talented not to keep on the field as much as you can. But what do I know? I'm just a... I don't know, nor a regular person on a fucking podcast. It's <laughs> an average Joe. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I think I think Lafleur hopefully learned his lesson by not getting him the ball last week and Green Bay looking absolutely horrendous. Um, who else you got? I think Marlon Mack has a great price tag, has a great matchup, and we're looking for touchdowns on FanDuel. He just doesn't do anything for me. Really? He doesn't excite me. You know, like he, I mean, look at the guy 21 touches, 19 touches, 18, 30, 11. He just doesn't do anything. He hasn't broken 20 points on, since, since week one. Since week one. Yeah. I mean, you know, he just, he gets all these touches, but I think he's averaging like 2.8 yards a carry or something like that. He doesn't go far. It's coming this week, though. They're playing the Dolphins. Okay. Yeah. Right. 
Dolphins are fighting. They're not giving up. They're not throwing in the towel, which I don't like. I I told you this before. I hate desperate teams. And with Fitz magic behind center, they just they got the spark. They got this fight. They're going to continue to fight even though their season's over. They want to be the spoiler. Um, and I, I don't know if Brissett plays maybe, but, yeah, I, I would rather spend up for maybe Aaron Jones or Chubb so, or maybe spend down for uh, D. Henry. Yeah, after that, it's just a matter of paying attention to injury news. I know David Johnson practiced full today, so he should be back. It's kind of a, a, a tough spot to predict the Cardinals because they got Kenyon Drake there coming off the big game, and it's a really tough matchup against the Tampa Bay Bucks rush defense. Yeah, But yeah. you'd assume that DJ and Drake will both get involved in the pass game, so they're possibly in play, although it's it's kind of hard to predict how many touches each of them are going to get because you'd assume that they'll split it pretty close to equal. The other situation to monitor is James Conner uh, practiced limited today on Wednesday. So if he doesn't play, Jalen Samuels is still in play going up against the Rams defense. And then we got Le'Veon Bell, who didn't practice going up against the Giants defense. Le'Veon Bell's done to me. So if he's out, Ty Montgomery is 4,600 <laughs> and he would be in play. Oh, my God. No. I'm not playing in Ty Montgomery. Oh my God. Olivia Bell's dead 4, to me, by the way. Okay, 4,600. You got Ty Montgomery and you got Kalen Bellage. Who would you play? <laughs> neither. I'm not playing neither 4, of those bombs. I'm not playing neither of those bombs. It's $100 over minimum. Oh my God. I'm not playing neither of those freaking bombs. Who else is down there? Oh my God. Right. Nobody's down there. It's minimum price. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm, I'm not playing them. I'm not going to play. I'll be playing both of them just. Um, assuming you're gonna play Balage, really? I'm not gonna go. All I know in he's on cheap, him. but like go he's not gonna him, do. It. He I'll hasn't played, and they've you know they whatever his name was, Walton or whatever his name was, were playing above Balage, who's been there years. Obviously, they think this guy stinks because they just avoid playing him at all costs. He does stink, but it's a volume game we play here. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really have any. I have no interest in. Playing I mean, for 4,600, he needs to get you like. 10 points to have a chance in gpps and if you're playing him in cash even less than that so you know he could get 16 carries for 70 60 70 yards catch a couple balls that's that's all you really need from him okay he is a bad player i'll, I'll, I'll say that <laughs> kalen Blage is terrible i hope you didn't spend a lot of dollars on him trying to pick him up in free agents because because yeah. we don't think he's going to have like a huge game but no I i'll be playing some of him okay and i'll be playing a ton of montgomery if bell's out um okay well another montgomery i want to talk about david montgomery um at home against detroit worst rush defense in the league um they finally been getting him the ball it you know it took naggy eight weeks to finally realize that this guy's a talent um, past two weeks, he's broken 20 fantasy or 20 DFS points on FanDuel. Um, getting in the passing game, four or five targets the past two weeks. Um, you know, against the Chargers two weeks ago, we rushed for 135 yards on 27 carries. So I think that they want to keep um, Stafford off the field. I think Stafford's going to have a hard time this week passing the ball against that Chicago D. They haven't been as good as they were last year, but they're still solid. Um, and I think Montgomery is going to be in play because Trubisky's fucking awful and they need to run the ball. Yeah, he's an interesting play coming off back-to-back 20-plus -back uh, fantasy games, which is really good. And just below him, we have another interesting play in Ronald Jones, yep. 
who is going to take over the Bucks' backfield, according to Bruce Arians. Ronald Jones already kind of did that last week. He was easily led the, the Bucks in snaps, and he got 18 carries and two catches in a matchup against the Seahawks. And he, he looked good out there, So, and they're playing the Cardinals' defense. So Montgomery and Jones are definitely two interesting guys there. So there's a lot of running backs in play this week, I think. Yeah, there is. And I, I like Montgomery a little more than Jones just because I just don't – I don't know if Jones is really going to be the lead guy. You know, Arian says he is, and he should be. Um, he's the better talent um, of the two on the team. But we'll see what Arians does. Another guy down at 6,000. Any interest in Damian Williams? Yeah, for sure. He was going to be the last one I mentioned. I know we mentioned him last week as a speculative GPP play. He ended up in my best DraftKings lineup. And, I mean, he benefited definitely from that 91-yard touchdown run. But... McCoy only played six snaps, so I think after that fumble in Green Bay, I think Andy Reid has completely gone away from McCoy. Yeah, and in games where Williams gets sixty percent plus of the snaps, he's been awesome. We saw what he did down the stretch last year. So, and and playing alongside Mahomes in such a high powered offense, I think at six thousand, Damian Williams is a really good play. Down a little farther at fifty six hundred, J D McKissick. Um, any, I honestly. I just think that Detroit's going to be behind. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> what do you mean? No. He's going to be in the passing game. He's no. going to get care. He's going to get passes out of the backfield. No. Oh, my God. Who you, could have, you could have McKissick, and I'll take uh, Belage. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Let me see here. Um, I just feel like, you know, Karen Johnson's on IR. They got Trey Carson is on IR. They obviously don't trust Ty Johnson because they were playing those two guys ahead of him and trying to avoid him, just like Miami was with Balage. And McKissick had a better week last week, got more touches, you know, had more yards, got in the end zone. I just think that the Lions are going to be playing from behind this game, and Stafford's going to have going to be under pressure a lot, and he's going to have to dunk it down a lot. Um, so, I mean, at 5,600. Not for me. Okay. All right. Man, we agree to disagree this week. This is a tough week. I told you. I just looking at it, I, I thought it was a tough week. I'm trying to dumpster dive here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, like, we mentioned a bunch of running backs who I think are viable this week. I, 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 I mean, at the no end of the day, I'm going to try my hardest to hammer Christian McCaffrey, Mark Ingram into my lineups. Um, and to save some money, it's probably going to be Henry, Singletary, now that Ian said that, um, Montgomery, Jones, and I'm, I'm going to throw some McKissick in there just because of the the, the way the game is going to play out, in my opinion. Um, it's going to benefit him the most. Um, wide receiver. Thomas up top, Evans, Godwin, Again, two bucks wide receivers sitting up top. Uh, Cup, Hill, Jones, Adams, Galladay, Hilton, Allen Robinson, dead to me now. Um, obviously, Michael Thomas is the play at 8,700. Evans has been an absolute machine. Um, 8,600, so is Godwin. And your boy Cooper Cup sits there at 8,100. I know you're going to like some Tyreek Hill this week because you love Mahomes. Who else you got? Yeah, Michael Thomas. I'm going to get my exposure to – I'm going to have Kamara and Thomas, but I think I'm going to fade Breeze just because I think they're going to rely on uh, both Latavius and Kamara in the rushing game. So 
I am going to sprinkle in some Mike Evans. I know last week I was all in on Godwin and Evans had the big game, which kind of sucked. Uh, I'm definitely going to go back to Godwin because Mike Evans will probably get shadow coverage from Patrick Peterson. I know Peterson hasn't looked as good this year, but he's probably still getting his legs underneath him coming off the long suspension. Uh, obviously, Cooper Cup is a fade in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's defense has been balling out. They really are. Jared Goff it, uh, tends to struggle on the road. I know the Steelers aren't that good in the slot, but with no Brent, with Brandon Cooks already ruled out, you'd yeah, think fade, that yeah, the I'm Steelers would. All, yeah, yeah, I'm fading all Rams. You'd think that the Steelers would sell out to stop Cooper Cup. I know the Rams are coming off a bye too, but I just think that the the Steelers' defensive line is going to abuse that Rams' offensive line, and I don't, I don't like any Rams this week either. Uh, Tyreek Hill, of course, need him in GPPs. He's got the highest ceiling out of any receiver. I'm not going to be playing Julio. Every time they play the Saints, they put Eli Apple on him, and then they uh, bracket him essentially with the safety. So he's seen double, triple teams pretty much every snap. And the Saints have an awesome pass rush going up against that Falcons line. Um, so we expect that the the Saints are going to dominate that matchup. Um, Devontae Adams for sure is in play this week. He's coming off an 11-target game, and he's got an awesome matchup. And he the Packers only ran – they ran less than 50 plays last week, and he still got 11 targets. So, obviously, he's healthy, and Rodgers still trusts him. He's going to be the guy. He's their only guy in that wide receiver and core. It's week 10, and he hasn't scored a touchdown yet. So, you know that coaching staff is going to want to get him in the box. You know Rodgers is going to want to get him in the box. So, I think they're going to design some plays for him in the red zone. I'd really like his chances of scoring once or twice this week, so I'll be rostering him there. And then uh, Ian had mentioned Odell. Odell's 6,900 here on FanDuel. He's less than Allen Robinson and Galladay. Just craziness. He's all the way down here. Um, no Juju for me. No Robert Woods for me. Um, it's funny. Odell's $400 more than freaking Jamison Crowder. <laughs> it, it, it's crazy. I, oh I honestly God. can't believe he's down here. Um, it's going to be no Detroit players for me. Like I said, I think Stafford's just going to struggle. He's been having a great season, but... I think he's going to struggle against the Chicago defense. Um, no A.J. Green. He went came back to practice today and he already got hurt again. So no Green for me. Um, Crowder, he's been steady. Um, I don't know if I really have any interest in him this week. I liked him last week. liked him over Robbie Anderson last week, but I don't know. I, Sam Darnold hasn't really shown me anything that makes me want to play the Jets wide receivers. Um Sammy Watkins could be a little sleeper play at 6,400. I mean, when him and Tyreek are on the hill, around the field at the same time, he has very good numbers. And if Mahomes is behind center, he's going to get him the ball. So I do like that play. And Malcolm Butler went to the IR. So yep. they're going to be bringing in their third cornerback who will probably match up with Sammy Watkins. I do like that. So he's an awesome GBP play for sure. Um, I like um, Golden Tate, especially if um Evan Ingram can't go um or if he's limited uh Golden Tate's definitely seems to be that guy he's going to get a ton of targets and a ton of looks um so I do like him John Brown I saw some stat today about John Brown I wonder if it was Jared that tweeted it yeah I think it was a stat him and Michael Thomas are the only receivers who have at least four catches and 50 plus yards in every game this season that's crazy so any interest that you're talking yeah Yeah, it was it definitely was um any interest in John Brown this week? Um, yeah, I've been rostering a lot of John Brown all all year. It, it's really weird looking at his his uh, game log because he's catching like over seventy percent of his targets, which you know usually he's been inefficient in the past. 
and his a dot is still over 14 yards down the field average depth of target so they're still throwing it to him downfield but he's catching most of them with an inaccurate quarterback but he hasn't at the same time he hasn't really had any big games besides week one and then against the dolphins back a couple weeks ago so i think he's still a good gpp play he's got a really good price tag on FanDuel. Um, I'm looking to fade Devontae Parker. I think he's going to be popular at 5,800 with Preston Williams on injured reserve now at the torn ACL. Um, I don't mind going back to Robbie Anderson. The whole world is going to be off the Jets coming off another pretty bad game against against the Dolphins. So I don't mind Robbie. Um, DJ Moore is interesting going up against the Packers. Christian Kirk is interesting, 5,700. And then assuming I'm going to stack the Chiefs game. I think AJ Brown is interesting. I think he would be the one Titans wide receiver who I'd most likely pair up um on the other side of that game stack. I don't really like Adam Humphreys in the slot. Corey Davis has been up and down and he's on the injury report on Wednesday. Uh I don't know too much about AJ Brown, but I know he got let's see, he got seven targets last week from uh Ryan Tannehill and I know his player comp was Juju Smith Schuster, so I mean, I, I'm not going to take a lot of him, but in those game stacks, I think he'd be the, the the one Titan that I would play in those lineups. Yeah, run it back with him. I like that. Yeah. Um, down here farther at 5,300, I like me some Marquise Brown, um, Hollywood Brown. I think he's just in a smash spot this week against that awful Cincinnati defense. Um, was he out there uh, no, he didn't against play. New England? Oh, yeah, he was. He got four targets, okay. uh, three you, grabs for 48 yards. Do you know if he, uh, how many snaps he played? Like, was he out there the whole time? Or? He doesn't play a lot. That's his only issue is that yeah. he's not out on the field a ton. But, but when he is, he yeah. is Lamar Jackson's favorite target. And at 5,300, you know, he just needs one 80-yard touchdown, and That's he's it. there. So. That's it. And he didn't get to play against Cincinnati um, the first matchup this season, so we don't really know what, you know, he was able to do. And against that awful Cincinnati D, I think this is just – a smash spot. He's, you know, starting to get back into form here, um, back-to-back weeks where he's played. So he's probably getting his feet back, and he's just so fast. And he just can, he can burn right over the top of any, yeah. any and I secondary. Think, I think Ridley's an interesting play, too, at 5,300. We know the, the Saints are favored by double-digit points. So even if Ridley has zero points at halftime, he could definitely go off in garbage time. And then another player I wanted to talk about at 5,300, Ted Ginn Jr., um, like some Ted Ginn, uh, I, I think New Orleans is going to be putting up points. And it'll be like 1% owned too. Oh, yeah, he'll be low owned. And, you know, with uh, Thomas being covered and – I mean, obviously Thomas is Breeze's favorite target, but Ted Ginn, all he needs is one, you know, bomb. And that's all he is. He's just a deep threat down the field and Breeze looks his way. So – um, and at 5,300, all you need is in the end for him to fall into the end zone and have like one big play. Yeah. You see this other <laughs> Saints wide receiver priced at 5,200? No. Who is it? They have Taysom Hill listed as a wide receiver. Wow. <laughs> that is hilarious. Wow. How is he a wide receiver? He plays quarterback and he plays special. I mean, they use him all over, but that's just funny. They have him listed as a wide receiver. Probably because he caught a touchdown pass. Yeah, but he was ago. playing like tight end, if yeah, anything. Yeah. Three, three for three. It's not a wide target receiver. reception, sixty-three yards and a touchdown. He had two weeks ago with Breeze. <laughs> Crazy. Um, Stack up Breeze and Taysom Hill. Yeah, there we go. I mean, and then he gets the Wildcat. You probably get points on that. That's not a bad play. I like it. All right, tight end. Um, up top, we got Mark Andrews, 
Well, probably fade. Just not interested in the tight end this week. Yeah, and he only ran 17 pass routes last week going I, up against New England. I they're, think he's battling using, an injury, so yeah. I don't think he's really healthy. And they're using like three or four tight ends, which is weird. So obviously you can't pay the, the top price tag for that limited usage. It looks like on FanDuel, they got Evan Ingram out this week. Yeah, he's got a, a foot sprain. He's in a walking boot, so he's already rolled out. Damn. So, yeah, I definitely like some Golden Tate this week at wide receiver. Um, up top, you got Andrews, Kelsey, Hooper, uh, Jimmy Graham, Cook, Everett, McDonald. Not many tight end options. Tight end's tough. Uh, I might be playing some freaking Jacecki here <laughs> at 5,300. Hard not to play him at that price tag and the stats that Ian was spitting out. Um, definitely get some Kelsey in there. I don't really have interest in Hooper this week. Um, I don't have interest in Jimmy Graham or Jared Cook. Maybe some Jared Everett. Uh, Pittsburgh's been bad against the tight end, so might throw some Gerald Everett in there with them trying to maybe shut down Cooper Cup. Um, maybe Everett's the guy that gets most of the targets. Um, and I think I think Pittsburgh will be able to put up some points. I don't know. I don't have a feel for this game yet. I don't know if it's going to be a back-and-forth, high-scoring game. I don't think so. Um, so Vegas had the over-under at just 44, so they're yeah. expecting a pretty low-scoring game. Yeah, so I don't feel like it's going to be a game I'm going to target, but at 5,700, he could be a tight end. Who you got this week? So it's weird. On FanDuel, I think ownership is going to be really concentrated this week on Travis Kelsey and Austin Hooper because – FanDuel's pricing is weird. Kelsey and, and Hooper are 6,700 and 6,600. And then the cheaper options are in like the lower fives. So honestly, it's really easy to get those top price tight ends. Um, there's no Darren Waller on the slate. Austin Hooper's been amazing all season. Uh, Mark Andrews has been really limited. Evan Ingram already rolled out. So I think it, there's really going to be concentrated ownership on Kelsey and Hooper, which kind of sucks because Kelsey's my boy and he's probably going to be the highest on tight end this week. Uh, I'm definitely going to be playing him still. Um, he still hasn't really broke out besides that one game. Besides Kelsey, I'm going to be playing some Gasicki. He's got a good matchup. He's a freak athlete. Fitzpatrick is aggressive, which we like to see. Um, besides that, um, I'm going to be playing some of the Colts tight ends. I think it'll be more Doyle than Ebron. Doyle's 5,200 and Ebron's 4,900. I'm going to have to dig up a little more research and figure out which one I'm more comfortable with. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at their their red zone usage and their targets that they've been seeing. But it's a good matchup, and the Colts are projected for a lot of points. So I think with their price, uh, with their cheap price tags, I think they could pay off with just a touchdown. So I'll be playing. Any interest in Bray? I don't know if Howard's going to play this week or not, but any interest in uh, in Bray? I mean, I going against that awful Arizona defense that's so bad against the tight end. Yeah, so I played Brait last week, and he played 11 snaps. Yeah, it was bad. So they were giving... Still had six targets. <laughs> no, that was the week prior. He had zero targets last week. Oh, yeah, zero targets. Excuse me. So they were using oh, this yeah. guy, I think Anthony Alclair, and then this uh, Tanner Hudson guy who dropped another touchdown. Tanner Hudson was a stud in the preseason. Yeah, he was. Um, He actually ran over 30 routes compared to just 11 snaps for Cameron Brait. So Cameron Brait is totally off the board. And actually, O.J. Howard practiced full Wednesday, so he's expected to play. And he's 5,000 going up against the Cardinals defense. So that will be really interesting. He's had a miserable, miserable season. Um, he hasn't had more than five targets in any game. His season high was 66 yards. He hasn't found the end zone yet. He's fumbled. The coaching staff seems like they don't like him. Yeah. Um, 
yeah oj howard's interesting this week yeah definitely gonna keep an eye on that as the week goes on um if he's gonna play or not but I, we've been targeting that arizona defense for tight ends all season and there's some cheap ones down here against them this week so could be an option um yeah i don't see anyone else down here so let's go to tight ends are gonna be tough just looking at it it's gonna be tough i'm already already dreading that all right defense up top I mean, you got a smash spot here with the Saints and Ravens. Um, I think the Colts will be a good play. Rams, Bills, Giants, Lions. I was, I, I'm sure you're on them, but I was trying to talk myself into maybe the Chiefs this week as a value play at 3,700. Yeah. So up top for me, it would definitely be the Baltimore Ravens over the Saints. Um, the Ravens are going up against a rookie quarterback. I already forgot uh, Finley, Ryan Finley, I yeah. think. So he's really inexperienced. It's looking like A.J. Green's not going to play. And the Ravens honestly have a really, really good secondary with Jimmy Smith coming back, and then they put Marlon Humphrey in the slot, who will take away Tyler Boyd. I just don't think the Bengals are going to be able to do anything against the Ravens' defense. And, you know, they're going up against a a guy who's inexperienced, so they're going to force turnovers. Uh, In the mid-range, I like we got the Bears – 4,200 home against Stafford. We got the Steelers going home against Jared Goff. We got the Packers home against Kyle Allen. I think all those defenses are out in play. If I'm going cheap, I'm definitely going Browns, 3,500 home against Josh Allen. Josh Allen's fumbled four times the last two games, lost zero of them, but he's pretty reckless with the ball. He's going to make bad decisions. He's a good fantasy quarterback, but he definitely struggles with turnovers, so I'll be I'll be resting in a ton of, uh, of Browns this week. Yeah, I might actually get some Bears in my lineup this week. I haven't played them a single, a single lineup this week I, or this year. I have not played the Bears at all. Um, but I just, I just feel like that Detroit front is bad, and Max going to be all over Stafford. And I think this could be a game that Stafford actually struggles. Um, division game as well, so probably be low scoring. But it's going to be Baltimore. And the Saints, for me, trying to hammer them into the lineup. The Saints' defense is very good, and they're underrated. And I think the Falcons are just very bad. And I don't really care who's at quarterback, whether it's Schaub or Ryan. I think the Saints are just going to absolutely destroy them. And I think they have a better chance of running a kickoff back as well rather than over the Ravens. Thoughts on that? Uh, I just think the Saints are a much better play if Matt Schaub is in there. I, I think Matt Co- Matt Ryan's still a competent quarterback. So yeah, he is. I mean, it's in a dome. He's just coming off an injury once again, um, and going into a really tough environment there against a really good uh, New Orleans defense. So defense is probably going to be the Saints, Ravens, and I might try and get some Bears in there. Um, Tyler likes the Steelers, Packers, and possibly the Browns down here. I'm probably not going to play the Browns at all. I just. I'm, I'm not going to play Browns. I, I want to play Chubb this week. I'm going to try and talk myself into it all week because he's got a great matchup, and I really want to play him. I think he's going to be low-owned. It could be a really good GPP play. So we'll see. Maybe I talk myself out of it. Um, all right, anything else? I had a couple bets that I had from earlier. Um, I was leaning the Chargers minus one. I feel pretty good about that going up against the Raiders. And then the over-under was 48 and a half. And that game's tomorrow. I just don't think any of these defenses are going to be able to stop the opposing offense. The Raiders have been extremely efficient this season, and the Chargers haven't been able to stop anybody besides last week against the Packers, which was just happened out of nowhere. <laughs> Green Bay just shit their pants. It was bad. Um, 
But I do, I do like the over in that game. And then I actually bet the Chiefs minus four, assuming that Mahomes was going to come back this week. Uh, he practiced full today, so the line has already moved to five and a half. So the Chiefs are a good teaser pick this week if you want to you know, use a seven or ten point teaser. I, I like that. I don't think Tannehill's going to be able to keep up with Mahomes at all. So, Yeah, I like the uh, showdown slate and DK for tomorrow night or for tonight when you're listening to this pod. Um, I think there's some good plays. Um, I think it's going to be a good game fantasy-wise, so I definitely like the showdown slate on DK. It's a good showdown slate just because there's so many guys in play, especially sure. on the Chargers because we all know the Raiders are like the best team to target for your um, wide receivers, tight ends. They have a decent rush defense, but the Chargers have so many options. They have Mike Williams. They have Keenan Allen. They have two running backs that they throw the ball to. They have a really good tight end in Hunter Henry. So for me, it would probably be Hunter Henry and Keenan Allen, but you know Mike Williams could have a big game too, so it's, it's tough. Yeah, I lo- I'm definitely going to be getting some lineups for Thursday night, so hit us up if you want our picks for that. Um, that does it for Week 10. It's going to be an interesting Week 10. Definitely some tough decisions this week. Um, our survivor pick, last man standing pick this week, was the Saints. We went back and forth between the Saints and the Colts. Ended up going with the Saints. Just think it's, uh, you know, pick it and go to bed and sleep peacefully knowing that you're going to go on to next week, hopefully. Um, and I don't know if Hoyer's going to be behind center or Jacoby. So we'll go with the Saints and hopefully live to see another week. Um, and then the teaser, do you have anything to lock in or not yet? Not yet. I'll, I'll definitely be doing more research, and I'll put some stuff out there on Twitter and Instagram. I think we're going to be watching the games this week. So Yeah. Are we going to Del Lago, or are we uh, going um, to the basement? Del Lago, possibly next week. So this okay. week, I'll, I'll come over, and, and Nick's got the three TV set up in his basement, so it looks pretty cool. Have some drinks and uh, hopefully, hopefully win some money. Hopefully win some money, yeah. That's what that's what we're here for. Awesome. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for Ian for com- thanks to Ian for coming on. Um, if you guys have any questions or anything, hit us up. You know where to find us. And uh, good luck this week.